the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the southern suburbs of Nashville, actually, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith, and we are delighted to welcome you today. We get together here five days a week on this station, and certainly it's just a joy for us, and I trust that you'll join us as often as you possibly can. And those of you who get with us every day, well, we're thankful for your friendship and trust that our fellowship together via this means will be a blessing both to you and to us, and I'm sure that it will. So yesterday I read Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 as the key verse in that great mountain peak of a chapter, and uh, we're going to read that again today. Actually, we're looking at this for three days here. Yesterday, we looked at the portion of the chapter that really was God reporting to the nation of Israel and Judah and uh, explaining to them uh, who he was and what he was about. It wasn't as though that they didn't already know that, but uh, somehow they had seemingly forgotten it. They were living as though they didn't know it, and so he was trying to kind of set things up again and say, look, I am who I am, and you need to remember who I am. Well, he also, in this chapter, lays out some very definite things about mankind, the human race, individual men, and we're going to look at that today. It's like, first of all, God reporting on himself to them, and then secondly, where we're looking today, it's going to be God looking at us and reporting to us who we really are. And so we're going to get to that momentarily. Let me remind you that today I'm in Oakland, Maryland at the Mountain Lake Independent Baptist Church, and we'll have services this morning as well as tonight. And this conference, which we've been doing out here in the mountains of Western Maryland every year now for a long, long time, and it's just a blessing to be here. Great church, wonderful environment all the way around at the beautiful Deep Creek Lake area, and I trust that you'll plan to join us this morning and again tonight. Now, I want to also remind you that the Sword of the Lord Men's Conference is coming November 10 and 11, and you can go to the Sword of the Lord website and check that out for details. All right, let's look now at the key verse, the last verse in the chapter. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Now, this is where we're coming to in this study of Isaiah chapter 40. But today, I want you to notice that in addition to the Lord reporting to them and reminding them about who he is, he's now going to report to them about them and reminding them of who they are in relation to him. And we'll begin looking at that right at the top of the chapter, verses 1 and 2, where he says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. That is, the Lord has been good to you, dear friends, 
talking to those folks there, the Israelis, and saying to them, the Lord's been good to you. He has been more than good. He has been double good to you. And you ought to be encouraged by that. You ought to know that uh, the waywardness that uh, has been happening in the nation is not the route to go when the Lord is just absolutely generous. He's full of blessing. He wants to do for you, and he will do more for you if you'll simply allow him to do it. And those considerations he makes very clear right here at the outset in the beginning of the chapter. And he wants them to know they've been pardoned, they've been forgiven, and they've gotten way, way more than they really should have gotten. And you see, it's not just the Lord giving out in proportion to what might be expected, but his mercy is absolutely abundant. His mercy is great. His mercy is extended way beyond anything that is really justifiable if you're just going to use basic reasoning. And that's where the grace of God comes in so often. And by the way, that's not only true in the Old Testament era. It's not only true in New Testament times, but that is also true right now in the 21st century. And those same bountiful expressions of mercy are also available to me and to you and to all of us. And the Lord makes that so very, very clear. He is so considerate of us and of our needs. And then he makes a very special call to them when he says in verse 3, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. And then he says to them, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. You may be living in desert times. You may be living in desert circumstances. You may be living in dire times, dire circumstances. But he says, make a way for the Lord. Provide an avenue for the Lord. Let him have place in your life. And that is the call that he makes to all of us over and over and over again. Don't try to do this without him. Don't try to let life go along without the help of the Lord. Now you drop down to verse 5, and right in the middle of the verse, it says, and all flesh shall see it together. Now what's he talking about? Well, verse 4, he said, every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. He's talking about the Lord simply working the work that he's capable of doing, demonstrating his power, showing himself strong. And he said, look, everybody's going to see that. You may be living in a desert place. You may be living isolated on the top of a mountain. You may be isolated in the top of a high-rise building somewhere. But the fact is, he says, everybody's going to know. Everybody's going to see the truth of this matter. And uh, it's just simply going to be revealed so that all flesh shall see it together. Now, you drop down to verse 6, and he begins to explain what it is to live in the flesh. Here's what he says. The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. So what is he telling us here? He is telling us that life is going to be lived and it will be done. It's going to fade out at some point. It's going to be over at some point. And he's just simply saying, remember who God is 
And if you remember who God is, you know he could just blow his breath on you and it would wilt you as though you did not even exist. And it would really put you out of existence if he chose to do so. And what he's just simply saying, you better pay attention. That flower may be blooming now, but it will fade eventually. That grass may look great now, but it's going to dry up and blow away in a little while. And we need to understand that. That's the nature of the flesh. That's the nature of life as it is lived in the body of a human being. Now, verse 9, he says to them and to us, O Zion that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. This is the commission that he gave to them. He said somebody needs to be running up and down the countryside. Somebody needs to be going to the highest mountain, getting to some vantage point, crying aloud and just saying to the people, you, you may be living like grace. You may be the flower that's going to fade. But he said the message that you need to hear is behold your God. You need to make clear that the message of the reality of God is one that just must not be overlooked. It must be heralded. It must be proclaimed. That message needs to be sounded out good and strong. And it's the duty and the responsibility of the people of God to make that message clear. So what he tells us now in verse 15 and following, he said, Remember, you may be a Jew. You may be an Israeli. You may be living in Israel. But remember what he's going to tell them now? He says, Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket. You've heard that expression, a drop in the bucket? Well, here's where it came from. And he says, Nations may be pompous in their pride, but he said they're nothing but a drop in the bucket. And he goes on there in verse 17 to say, All nations before him, before God, are as nothing. They're counted to him less than nothing in vanity. What's he saying? He's just simply saying, you may be strong. You may be uh, really paying attention in all of this, but don't worry for a moment. You're not going to be able to survive on your national pride. You need instead to look to God. As much as we love our nation, we need to remember that God needs to be first. And he lays that out so very, very clearly here. And then verse 22, right in the Middle of that verse, he says, And the inhabitants thereof, talking about the inhabitants of the nation, are as grasshoppers. Now, what's he trying to tell us there? Well, I remember growing up and uh, in the years when I was in elementary school and even in high school, my mom and dad always had a big garden, and grasshoppers was one of the things they did not want invading the garden. And I remember sometimes mom would say, go out and uh, you find those grasshoppers and you dispose of them. Now, some of you may think I was uh, not uh, very nice by disposing of them the way that I did, but uh, I tried to see to it that they didn't nibble anymore on the garden. You understand what I'm saying? Well, he's reminding us, he is telling us point blank here that those of us who live in the flesh, the grass withers, the flower fades. Even a nation of us, as big as a nation is, he's just saying it's as nothing. It's but a drop in the bucket. And he said, don't you forget, in reference to his size and his might and his power, every one of us are nothing more than a little tiny grasshopper. And that means we can be put in jeopardy. We can find ourselves being crushed 
uh, in an instant if we're not very careful. Now, he's just reminding us of how important it is that we get ourselves in place with him. Verse 27, he says, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? He is saying, you, you don't think you can hide from God, do you? You don't think that you can shield your waywardness, you can shield your sinfulness from God. You don't really think that you can hide from the all-seeing eye of God. You don't really feel like that you can run and hide from the God who created you. You really don't see that as uh, what you can do, do you? And uh, the question is a good question. We cannot hide from God. We must understand that we do not shield our waywardness, our sinfulness from God at all. He is paying full attention. Now, here's one other verse, verse 30, talking about the report that God makes on the human race. Verse 30, he says, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Now, this is just an indictment. Whenever we realize, sometimes we think, well, you know, all of these young people, they're young, they're powerful, they're brainy, they're, they have all kinds of strength, they have all kinds of ability. Well, look, he's telling us, even the young shall fail. They're not going to make it. They're going to be weary. Their energy is going to be destroyed. Their resources depleted. It's just not going to work unless we put God on the throne, unless we give God the place he deserves, unless we yield ourselves to him and determine that we're going to give him first place, full place every single day. That's the way it needs to go. Well, look, these are so important, powerful truths. Now, what I'm going to give you tomorrow, Lord willing, we're going to look at the end of this chapter, and we're going to see what he means when he talks about mounting up with wings as eagles. We'll see that tomorrow on the broadcast. I hope you'll join me then. In the meantime, don't hesitate to write. I would love to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now. 